I was sexually abused when I was very young. And even after I was able to talk about it to them, it was such a normal thing to happen that um, everyone just thought it was okay. Somebody should have told him that maybe it was not okay. Um, and But really, somebody should have told me that I wasn't bad. Welcome to Lessons in Love, where you'll hear stories from the heart. I'm Sarah Moncrief. This week's guest is Rhea Ray. She is my personal teacher, mentor, friend, and family. She is the most courageous and creative, inspiring person. I love her so much and hope that this gets transmitted across the airwaves. Well, thank you so much for being here. Um, who are you? Are you asking my name or are you asking you can about answer my, that deep, however my you, deepest, however. darkest, lightest, everything me? Um, you know, it's a really good question. I, I don't know and I know and it's changing every moment, every day, constantly reinventing, which is what I love about who I've become. I feel like um, I love being able to shift and change every day, every moment. And I think that that's what I love about also this process of work that I do that I help, um, well, that's helped me heal first and foremost, and is hopefully helping others heal is that it's able to um, expand. Um, yeah, it's able to really, really expand and reinvent all the time. I love it. That's, that's who I am. I wanna be complete creative reinvention. That's who I am. Yeah. Thank you for helping me figure that out, Sarah. You're welcome. What an awesome answer. <laughs> it's just the truth that makes it a little difficult and a little complicated and a little hard to follow myself, but you know. Yeah. Obviously, that's not a linear way to live. <laughs> no, but it is divine order. Tell me about divine order. People need to know about divine I order. I don't know. <laughs> Because like for me, right, like I am not an orderly person. Like I don't, I'm not organized or orderly. Oh, come on. You've become so organized. <laughs> well, <lately>. way better, <laughs> way better. But like when you, when we tried to record this podcast the first time. In bed. <laughs> yeah, literally <laughs> in bed. <laughs> um, I, you mentioned divine order and it's like I'm sure you've said it a million times to me but it was the first time that I actually heard that there's an order to things that isn't the logical reasonable way that we think we need to organize or order ourselves and I think that's a really important thing to for people to know I mean I just learned that as an overachiever um, that accomplishing accomplishments mean nothing you know, because there's just, there's no goal for me. Every time I have a goal and I achieve it, I just want more. I'm never satisfied. I'm never easy on myself. I'm always overly critical. You know, there's just that addiction to the more. And so I learned that there is no goal and there's only space for me to experience the depth of my truest self, whatever that means in the moment. Um, I used to feel that that word was God for me. It's again, a, a word that I use, it's the easiest word to use, but for me, it's, God, it's, 
the closer I get to it and the more I trust and the more I experience a deep level of knowing that there is this force that has my freaking back, I absolutely realize like I know nothing about what is actually controlling and working. I just don't. I really don't. And I just actually felt that just the other day. I thought I don't have a clue, but I do know how to work it so that it works for me, which means that I experience more of my intensity, my passion, my creativity, my connection, my ability to help others, which is, God, everything to me. Um, so I feel like I wake up every morning and yeah, I have like, you know, things I feel like I got to do. And obviously I've got a couple of kids, so you've got to take care of them. You've got to do stuff. Um, you've got clients, you've got your world, but I also know that there is absolutely no plan. So I'm able to, again, that whole thing that I talked about reinvention, I'm able to kind of let go and go with flow. Now, you know, the flow takes you down a lot of different <laughs> paths, alleys, passageways, you know, doorways, and you, you hope that it's not an, you know, diluting of the ego kind of a day. But, you know, sometimes a lot that of times has to happen. Is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those spiritual days where you've like, oh, this is my soul. This feels fucking amazing. Like, I really like those days better. I'm not I'm not going to lie. You know what I mean? Like, yes, I I think everything that's happening to me is good for me. But I also know what days I like better than others, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so I would say it's really about living completely surrendered. And when I'm not living surrendered, you can bet that whatever that force is, it's going to knock me over the head and help me understand that, uh, you know, you could just chill out and everything would go a lot smoother. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. So that's kind of a little tidbit on what divine order is. How did you learn this? Um, through a lot of pain and suffering. <laughs> An enormous astronomical amount of pain and suffering. <laughs> yeah. Um, can you tell me about that? Um, you know, today is a very, I'm a, it's, it's a very, I'm very fragile today. And so when I think about the pain and suffering that, that I want to talk about in regards to living surrendered, it's, um, you know, the way I grew up was to be subservient to every single human around me. And basically, no matter what people did to you, you had to say thank you and continue to engage and embrace their negative, um, tormenting behavior. So it was really, um, it was really, ah. <sighs> gosh, you're really taking, I'm taking, it's really taking me back to a few moments. Um, you know about my story that my family died from carbon monoxide poisoning. However, prior to that, there was a lot more. And one of the things that I want to be more comfortable talking about, not because I'm uncomfortable talking about it, but because my, I think my family would be uncomfortable talking about it. And, you know, I was sexually abused when I was very young for a while. And even after I was able to talk about it to them, it was such a normal thing to happen that um, 
everyone just thought it was okay. And no one actually, my uncle who abused me died, God, was it last year, I think? Um, And I don't think I've still processed that, but I think that you start realizing, it, it took me a long time to realize that someone doing something bad to you didn't mean you have to you know you had to keep letting them do that to you you know and it's still hard for me when someone hurts me i still have this natural inclination to want to be nice to them because it's like i have the strength in me to still be compassionate about it because i can see where they're coming from but i also am kind of like you know somebody should have told him to maybe stop somebody should have told him that maybe it was not okay um and but really somebody should have told me that i wasn't bad and wrong and that i should not want to be around him they shouldn't have pushed me towards being next to him over and over and over again you know so it's like that patterning really forced me to take on so many people's pain and so i think that living surrendered and learning about divine order really started to emerge from my ability to see how not okay that was and also how not okay i mean how okay it was for my family members to not protect me because they also didn't know better they didn't have the capacity to stop it. The women in my family, they didn't have a choice. They didn't know. Now they know better. We're doing better. But we still have this affinity to saying it's okay to hurt us. And yeah, like the more I learn that it's not okay, the more I'm able to kind of let go of control and open my heart and let my spirit come through in every single part of me and be able to allow, again, this force field of something that is, again, I have no words for what that is. And I, I, I wish for everyone to be able to feel that because that to me is what love is, is that ability to tap in so deep into your pain without fear and dip into like that other that deeper passageway that goes so far inside that you're able to be so present with your experience where there's no thinking there's no knowing there's no needing there's no wanting there's no anything except this beingness that feels so righteous in the best possible way and then when you're in that state you're able to transmit this level of warmth that i think allows people to just feel free in your presence and then it just keeps going on and on and on and it just builds this beautiful light and that's just that's what my pain and suffering is and and you know obviously there's a lot more but it's only an hour podcast (laughs) (laughs) you know i don't know if that helped or answered some of it for sure um and you kind of answered this question but I'm going to ask you again and then to separate it but to you what is love I would say definitely what what I just said for sure but I also feel like because I was not given and I'm gonna cry because I was not given love the way I needed it you know Like, I just feel like for me, love is being able to tap into each person and be able to really 
really see inside them in a way that that I can see how they need love. And again, reinventing to be able to give it to them in exactly the way I need they need it because I, being alone in a place where there's so many of us mm-hmm. just is not necessary and is not needed. And so for me, it's like I wish as a humanity we could be more fucking malleable to each other so that we could complement each other and complete the grid, you know, and open up. So I think for me, love is being able to give to others in the way that they need so they feel fulfilled Mm -hmm. and able to inspire others. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really profound. And I really just want to say that I love you. I love you too. I'm so proud of who you are. I know. Like, I really am. I've watched you, like, grow so much and help so many people and watching them go up to you and love you and thank you. And it's like you're touching so many lives. Thank you. Like, I'm really grateful. It's a really, it's such an honor to know you. Thank you. It's such an honor to have you as my teacher, my friend, and my family. And, like, just, you know, like my life would not be the same without you in it. Nor it definitely. (laughs) You would not be the same. You've really helped. Um, You know, we talk about, like, you know, that it's not always good to fill the void with external things, you know. But I think that you do find your soul family, and I think it's okay to fill that void with, with good stuff, and you're part of that good stuff. Thanks. what has been your greatest lesson in love so far (laughs) let's just keep it coming (laughs) um you know this is also god it's like i feel like i have so many dramatic traumatic stories but it's my life um my greatest lesson in love, but really the love that I did not give, was when my sister was diagnosed with Hodgkin's. She was only 18. She was in college. She had just started college, and she was so... Everyone who knows her just knows that she was so beautiful. And, you know, I left home. My dad didn't want me to leave. He kind of coveted, like, our everything about us. Like, we just had to be where he could see us. Um, so... There would be times when I would come visit from New York City because I was working in New York at the time. My boyfriend was in D.C., so I would travel down and, you know, I'd come see her. But there were a lot of times that I didn't spend time with her, you know, because I didn't know. I just didn't feel like I was helping her. You know, I didn't feel like I was doing anything. And, you know, she was in a lot of pain and really she just needed me to lay there. But there were a lot of times I feel like I chose him and, you know, he's a beautiful person and you know he was there for my family as well and for me during the whole entire thing but I really wish that I would have and I know you're asking me my biggest lesson of love but it's almost like my biggest regret is almost my biggest lesson in love because I really wished that I would have stayed that I wouldn't have left her because right after that they all died you know, and I wish that I would have just like understood that it's not about fixing somebody or doing something for them, but just being with them, being able to be present 
with their, with just with them, with their pain, with their everything, but not doing anything. And it just, I would have had some really beautiful moments with her. So I've learned that I will never do that again. You know, I don't know if, I mean, I feel like that's, yeah. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, obviously you've been doing this work for a long time. <laughs> what has, like, what have you seen as the evolution of it? Um, do you think you could ask me that slightly differently? Like when you say the evolution of it, like, can you tell me more? Like, how does it feel to have dedicated your life to something that like you've crafted for such like, you know what I mean? From where you started to where you are now. Oh, it feels it, it used to feel not so great because I think that this work has also harmed me in many different ways. Um, I've gotten super sick from it on many different occasions because I didn't really learn how to allow it um, to really be there for me because, again, of my past and my inability to love myself at many different times and my conflict with my power and myself. And, you know, I could go on and on and on. However, I feel so amazing at its evolution because it is able to um, to cut right through every single bit of noise in like 10 seconds or less and get to the point. And that is really amazing and extraordinary. <laughs> yeah. And but it's not for everybody, you know, it's not it's not easy to see yourself and it's easy to see the bad stuff, even though we think that it's hard. It's really easy. It's really hard to see the good stuff. And that's what I think this work has done. I think that that's been the evolution of it. It's I feel like it's able to really help people embrace and deepen their brightest self and that's taken me a long time to craft and that came from me being you know the cleanest mirror I can be and I got a long way to go but it's really cool to see um, how people are shifting and changing and the pace at which they're doing it and I get really excited at just like making it faster and faster I don't know if it's because I'm a Scorpio or what but I just like for as much as I like being slow and graceful I like things to be fast I'm like I just feel like I want to like just be able to tune into having and experiencing instantaneous awareness so that I can actually transmit into others where like the moment I touch them, they're able to like be awake, but not, but you know, waking up people is one thing, but you have to be able to teach them how to live in an awake state, which is really hard. So you think it's supposed to get easier, you know, but it just gets freaking harder until then. I feel like you you know, there's a nice equilibrium and, you know, not a lot bothers you, you know, you can work through it. You know what I mean? But then I, then I actually take that back because as soon as that happens, then there's a yeah, whole nother yeah, thing. So forget it. Scratch that whole answer. <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, so I'm loving where the work is going and I feel like we're getting it into a space where it can be reproduced to a certain degree where I'm able to 
finally kind of let go of control of any ownership over it and really share it with other people in a way where they are going to be able to also transmit it to others. And that's even more exciting and really scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I want to just talk about Leah and Jacob because <laughs> I want to know what, like, how you've been able to be so awake as a parent what you learn from your kids oh my god um oh god i just feel so blessed to have the two kids that i do they rock my world (laughs) in every single possible way and there's no one that i've learned for from more than those two i don't Again, I don't get cut any slack anywhere, but I definitely don't get cut slack with them. And obviously, I don't want to because I want to keep growing and growing and growing and growing. But, you know, Jacob is the one who helped me really embrace the darkest part of myself and be able to really move past that and use it as my greatest gift and power. He is the person, like when I was pregnant with him, he, gosh, I just, he helped me experience my spiritual intelligence and my truth and forced me through that really, yeah, the darkest moments. I think that that's that's what he's given me. Leah is the one who's like, can you really live the dream, mom? Can you really have the courage to live the dream? I don't think so. I don't know. Can you? And uh, she's so awesome that way. It's like you look in her eyes and you're just like, oh, my God, who are you? And where did you come from? And I don't know how to do that. You know? (laughs) And it's like, you know, Jacob's so much seemingly mild-mannered, you know, but he's not it's like his intensity starting to come out he's super you know direct so they're both just like they're just on it and they are constantly forcing me to grow and expand in order to guide them because their paths are so complicated for me you know and I just you know sometimes just want them to stop (laughs) you know like just 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 stop for a minute it's like um but I just think that our, our children are, are um, you know, children everywhere. I mean, they're just the most amazing mirrors. It's like I, I watch them and everything that comes out of my mouth. I'm just like, wow, wow. Okay, that was, I mean, I'm going to say wrong. And obviously, that's not the way to say things. You know what I mean? But that's, I'm like, I really need a lot of help. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I just feel like, okay, I really failed that test. That one too. Okay, that one. Okay, great. You know, and, and what I love about them is we're so close and, and, you know, especially like, um, Leah's ability to see through, um, into the ethers is so amazing. She's able to like, like one time she's just like, um, you know, mom, like in the middle of the night, she wakes up, she's like, She's like, didn't you get the key yet? I'm like, what key? What key? She's like, I can't tell you everything. Just you got to take the key and you got to unlock that door and you got to go. And I'm like, okay, but what do I do? She's like, no, I can't tell you. I can't tell you everything. You got to figure it out yourself sometimes. 
And I'm like, okay, she's like, good night. <laughs> I'm like, who are these children? But I think that those are not my, just my children, you know? I think that if we can really listen to, listen to them and be with them and really see through them, and it's just amazing. They are the most profound things ever, just ever, ever, ever. And I just wish I was like young enough to have like 10 more. <laughs> yeah, seriously. You know, I really don't know if I answered that. There's so many pieces to those two yeah no I think you did a good job at answering it (laughs) um well I guess on that same note what is the legacy that you want to leave behind passion I feel like I want to leave behind some uh, passion I've just there's so little we're we're living in the state of an algorithm and that's really sad to me (laughs) (laughs) well what is the algorithm (laughs) oh god that also might have to be for another podcast i know i went really like out there with that statement um i would like to leave behind a world that is hopefully slightly more creative and passionate like it's like when I when I'm creating I feel my best and I feel like I everyone can be an artist and everyone can create and that's so I mean that's really something that I really didn't even think about until you asked me that because there were so many different things I could say you know about that you know, a more a peaceful planet, you know, like more of this work, like being settled in everywhere. But no, I just feel like I watch so many people live um, without passion. And I lose my passion very easily because you get up, you do stuff. And you're busy all day long. And you don't have time to breathe. I mean, you try to breathe, but you really know you could have breathed more. You're working out really fast. You're working while you're working out. You're just doing so many things. And it's just so easy in doing all of those things to have zero passion and connection. And for me, being, you know, in my passion means being connected to my creative purpose and being driven by creativity and the art form that lives inside of me. So I hope that I can leave behind more people who are actually living that way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I feel like I, I feel like I am doing that, but I want to do more of it. I want people to get really excited about living life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And being awake. Yeah. I mean, awake, asleep, I don't, I don't know, you know, it's like, you start wondering what, you know, I've used that word, and we use that word, like, what is awake, what is asleep, I mean, I just feel like whatever feels good for you, and makes you feel alive, and happy, and connected, and, and like, you're living with some meaning, and you're feeling something, I I think is great, do it, be it, you know? Mm -hmm. Can you tell me about your process as an artist I mean I know that it's very connected to your process of everything but like how do you create a piece of art it's never premeditated um I use my hands everything around me whatever that may be and um and my painting is um I'm really glad you brought it up because that's actually what taught me divine order it's what helped me find my soul and um god when I found my soul through painting Um, I really thought I should be locked up. 
it was like I really was feeling and seeing things that I was like, I don't know what's happening to me. I got turned so inside out. And um, and then I started selling art that I didn't know how I was really painting. So it is, for me, the most beautiful way to let go because every time I would start a canvas, I'd be like, oh, my God, this looks like shit. I have no idea what I'm making. Um, or what's coming up. But then the more I did it, I was like, no matter what happens, no matter how ugly or hopeless I get or anything like that, the end result is always beautiful. And there's always that moment when you don't, you don't know when it's going to happen. But there's that shift that where you actually can sculpt something out of nothing. And you're like, whoa, how did that happen? That's amazing. That's gorgeous. And it isn't even that the painting looks beautiful. It's the movement of the transformative metamorphosis of what just happened on the canvas, the feeling and the experience. And you're like, it's just, it's breathtaking. And so I've learned through my art that I can trust in whatever that power is. It'll never let me down and it'll always guide me into beauty and light because it just always, always does. So it was really, for me, it's trusting in every moment and again, having no vision, no goal and just letting it be what it is and flowing with it and trusting it. And so, yeah, I have, my art is my way of connecting with spirit and having faith in absolutely everything. Mm -hmm. oh my god is there more I'm getting tired (laughs) I'm I'm getting so tired I have two more questions (laughs) Um, the first is like four parts is there (laughs) is there anything else that you would want people to know based on what you can see and feel and experience as you you told us yesterday to utilize you so <laughs> yeah <laughs> let's just get it all out I don't recall me saying that actually did I say that I did say that you're right yeah um god that is a really hard question I don't know why it's so hard but will you ask me one more time yeah what if anything, would you want anyone listening, the world, the globe to know based on what you can feel and see and experience? Well, stop trying to fix yourself. It doesn't work. (laughs) And uh, chill out, like seriously chill out because there's literally no place to go. Like you're not going to get anywhere. You're already there. And I know that sounds like such a, oh, God, I hate that I actually said that, made that statement. But but there really is no place to go. There's not even a now. There's not even an anything. It's just like we all need to chill out. And I just want to say fuck the algorithm just because I want to say it. <laughs> you go, girl. <laughs> but no, but, but, but really, like, I just, I just keep learning. Like, you know, I do have a drive to create right but there's I don't know it's just the more we try to get somewhere the less we are there and the more we're just able to be where we are and forget about even being present but like we're right here right now I'm here with you guys in this room 
And I don't, it doesn't matter where this leads or where it goes because everything's going to connect in the way it needs to. And we have zero control over it. We only have, as we all know, control over how we see ourselves and feel about ourselves. So I just would rather really be chillaxing than being all like stressed out about myself and where I'm supposed to go and evolving and growing and improving. And like, I don't want to lose track that like everything's just cool right now, you know? And yes, of course, when I say that, it's like there's so much bad going on in the world. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like, how is how is me worrying about that going to really help anybody You know what I mean? Like all I can do right now is just be really loving to you, which means for me that I learned today to figure out how you need love and giving it to you. Yeah. (laughs) So Sarah Moncrief. Yeah. Oh God, you're going to ask me a question? No. I'm going to ask you a question. Oh. What does love mean to you? How do you need love so I can better love you? Oh, that'll make me cry. Um... What does love mean to me? I guess what love means to me is that it's absolutely everything. <laughs> like it's it literally is the thing that fills the this um, cup that we're always talking about that gets empty. And it's like, I think that you love me just the way that I need to be loved. What I've been hiding from my whole life is like, people seeing me fully and I can't hide from you like ever <laughs> and it's some is really annoying a lot of the time because I obviously have put in a lot of time and effort to try and hide but like I just I can't do that and the more that I see you in this the more our relationship has evolved into a place where what you see and what you reflect back to me is more and more of my light and my love. Like I get to experience myself and I just like, I'm so grateful for that because I just felt so lost for so long. So I'm going to keep seeing you for all the beauty that you are. Thank you. Um, how can people stay connected to you? <laughs> on the rest of your evolution and, <laughs> and journey just think about me <laughs> and I will be right there <laughs> I like that answer can you also give people like your oh. Instagram or something <laughs> Rhea Racy R-I-A-R-A-Y-S-E-E perfect thank you thank you thanks Mark Thank you so much for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe. To find more information, follow along on my Instagram at Sarah underscore Moncrief or at my website, saramoncrief.com.